It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Joining me on the show today is Eleanor Stutz. Eleanor is an author, speaker, consultant. She's been a guest on the show before. Author of book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, Relationship Building That Gets Results. And more recently, a new book called The Wish, a 360-degree business development process that fuels sales. So, Eleanor, welcome to Accelerate. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andy, uh, and thank you for having me as a return guest. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So, for people maybe who haven't listened to the first episode, is take a minute, introduce yourself. Okay, uh, I started out as a salesperson, not knowing a thing. I had my clients train me initially, and then had the magic formula for uh, securing sales. It's about listening, not talking. But more than that, I became an inspirational speaker, a trainer, and an author. I learned over time that nothing is impossible. When a good idea hits you, go for it, and you will never live with any regrets. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So what were you doing before you sold? I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years, and this is the funny part. My husband came home one night. He, I knew I needed to go back to work to earn college money for one day, and he came home to tell me, I know what you should do. You have the personality of a salesperson. I got up from typing, turned around to look at him in the eye, and I asked, is that a compliment or an insult? <laughs> and? And, well, fast forward to today. I was introduced to the Sales Enablement Society, and one of the missions is to improve the impression of the sales profession. Because when you sell with honor, integrity, um, that's when everything comes together for far better results. So why do you think that, especially when the Sales Enablement Society right, deals primarily with business-to-business -business sales, so, so why in the business-to-business -business space is there still this, this perception of salespeople? Why, why have we been unsuccessful in changing that? Read the news. <laughs> I know you do. But I mean, just the latest episode of Wells Fargo, the things that the employees did, it was mind boggling. It's true, whether it's business to business, business to consumer, uh, person to person. I believe in always telling the truth and moving forward with integrity, and then you never have to change your story, you never get in trouble. And most importantly, the name of my business is Smooth Sale. That indicates a returning and referring clientele. And online today, you want people to post good things about you. You want people talking about you in a positive manner. It's um, brand reputation that's so essential today online. Right. So before we dig into that, is so let's take a step back and sort of build up into talking about your book. So today, what's what's the single biggest challenge facing sales professionals? Well, it's uh, the credibility and trust, 
And there's so many ways to not get into an account. It has become mind-boggling, especially after 9-11 with all the guards and security trying to get into buildings. The old days of cold calling have uh, slowly faded away. And we have to be more creative in trying to get through to key account managers. So you really think that just physical access to customers is one of the key changes? Absolutely. Technology continually changes society, the way of doing things. And I think because we're moving so much more quickly in society today, it's tougher to stay on top of all the changes, too, within society, a grasp on the technology, and then staying on top of what it is you're supposed to sell. I mean, it's got to be mind-boggling for sales professionals today. Well, so I, I guess really the question is, is back to this sort of basic issue of, of building trust and credibility, is this is always going to be the fundamental challenge because you have a person talking to a person and that, that uh, challenge of a building a relationship, establishing rapport and trust and credibility, you know, that's, that's never going to be made easier. No. And uh, it's all about how you express yourself and your words, actions, and deeds all have to be in sync. And uh, I've come to realize that that's the definition of your personal brand. So when I initially went into sales and I was not get provided sales training, I mentioned before having my clientele train me because I asked them why they allowed me in the door. And at the end of every meeting, they told me I was a breath of fresh air. I didn't realize that was my brand. And it was a significant statement because most salespeople go in and talk, talk, talk about the wonderful things they're selling. That's not what clients want to hear. They want to know you're there to help solve problems if you possibly can. Right. That's funny how that, I mean, not funny, but I mean, ironic maybe is the better word is that. Here, gosh, we're probably 130 years into what I'll call sort of modern industrial selling, that that is still the primary issue. Yes. And it goes back to building the rapport and the trust. Yeah, just wondering what what we can change, right? So that, that, you know, are people this way in... Yeah, you know, and just their normal normal personal relationships that they make it all about themselves, not the other person. I mean, are we, you know, as a profession, do we hire people that that uh, you know unwittingly perhaps that that you know don't have the fundamental skills for whatever reason? Maybe there's some mismatch. You know, we look for these extroverts and these aggressive personality types that, by definition, are less concerned about the other person. Yeah, you know, it's interesting about those personality tests that you're provided when you go on interviews, and I'm really wondering about the validity of them. I actually think you need people who are a combination of introverts and extroverts. I think that's where I fall in, because I choose to listen so I know how to position myself better. And when you get someone talking, talking, talking about how terrific they are, I don't think that's the person you want representing your company on client calls. And yet that seems to be, for many companies, so what they put at the top of their wish list, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting that, that, that we still, and yeah, we don't have time to solve this issue today, but that we still 
haven't really found the answer for how we really train people to be other centric as opposed to self centric centric or self centered in in the sales profession. That's absolutely true. And I think there needs to be better coaching and training on that. There's a time to be outgoing, such as if you're having an open house and you're inviting people. And there's a time to be quiet and figure out what's being said, what's not being said, and how you might bring the better solution to the table. Yeah, well, I think what's, what's again, what's curious to me is, is we have the proof. I said the proof has you know, been built up over 130 years in terms of what is a more effective way to approach customers. And I just think that other must be other aspects of our lives, both in business and personal lives, that you know, the lessons have been developed over a hundred years of of you know modern post-industrial society. You know, we people sort of grasp even before they enter the workforce. Uh, this is one that seems to be still so elusive, and I, I'm not sure I understand why yet. I don't know. I was talking with another fellow who um, he loved my sense of humor. <laughs> we met on a at a cafe on Elm Street, and I wrote without even thinking. I hope it won't turn out to be a nightmare for either of us. And from there, we just had good laughs over our past experiences. But it's the human touch and the humor and uh, kindness that really go far many more miles than anything you could say about what it is you're selling. So really, at the and I, this is my belief, that it's your basic personal behaviors and habits that really are more fundamentally uh, contribute to your success than some of the skills you might acquire in exactly. sales. Absolutely. All right. So you, you sort of delve into that in your new book, The Wish. And so, again, just to give people the title again, is The Wish, a 360-degree business development process that fuels sales. So what is The Wish? I mean, is that your wish or is it, <laughs> is it somebody else's <laughs> That's wish? That's an excellent question. My wish, <laughs> when I became an entrepreneur, I thought back to the early days of my career where we were tasked with cold calling every single business in our territory. And it just took tremendous effort and energy to do that. And I had always thought as an entrepreneur, I am so tired of all of that. I've established my credibility. Why can't people just find me, call me, and ask me to consult and help them? And then suddenly social media was announced. I joined a group to learn the better techniques. And it was almost within 60 seconds that it was explained to me, I suddenly saw that the sales funnel was flipped upside down. And my wish did come true because online, when you establish your presence well, people do find you. They do ask to learn more. They ask to partner with you. They provide opportunities. It's like a whole new floodgate opened up for sales and sales enablement. So the wish is? Um, that people find me. Okay. So it was your wish. Okay. And, and a wish for the readers as well. So who is the intended audience for the book? For the book, entrepreneurs, 
people in corporate sales, anyone wanting to increase their business uh, both online and in person. I still believe you need the in-person meetings too, but to use a combination of it and to have a more robust business development process. When you put all the pieces in place, don't overlook one strategy, but all together they feed into one another. And so it is a process that fuels sales. Okay. It becomes a machine. All right. So what are the elements that comprise your, your circle, if you will? Okay. Well, as we spoke earlier, it's about knowing who you are, your authentic self, developing that into a story and your per- becomes your personal brand. And then once you recognize that well, how you're different from everyone else, apply that to a branding program that becomes your company brand, too. And then from there, you can develop content and uh, write about it, post it online. Social media stands in the middle of the cycle, and it's your communication strategy that will make a difference. It's, again, about helping rather than pushing selling. And uh, you attract interest. And then um, in the book, I also give a sales crash course. I talk about monetary considerations. I talk about power branding, intermixing platforms so that it's not one audience, but multiple audiences. And then finally, people see you, hear you, enjoy everything you do. They share everything. And then they contact you with these incredible opportunities, and sales are almost automatically fueled, it seems. Okay. That, I mean, that sounds like a perfect system. So um, <laughs> so let's, let's dig into it, though, a little bit. So let's start with the – you built it on a foundation of social media, and you talk about how you had – you've mentioned here on the show that you had sort of this epiphany uh, about that. So when you start on that, then you really say, okay, gosh, I need to develop – this personal brand for social media, who, who I want to be. And so is when you talk about this, you know, you said this authentic self, but you have to ask that question, who do you want to be? Is it who you want to be personally or who do you want to be perceived to be by the customer? I would say both because your personal details, um, need to be seen also even when you're meeting people face to face they need to see the personal side of you i learned this from public speaking that when you share personal stories and uh you find commonality and people really pick up on that they they want to know that they have something in common with you did i answer your question yeah, and it's and I would say it's not necessarily that they even have something in common with you. I think they want to understand that that you're a person. Exactly. Not a robot. So even in my blog, I started blogging a few years ago and it has very wide distribution. <clears throat> I always start out with a short paragraph leading into the theme and then I provide my story where I'm coming from and the next portion is your story or for the reader and start asking them questions and how they can solve the problem that was addressed at the top and it seems to work rather well well yeah and I think it's and put that in the context of talking with a customer or a prospect if you will mm-hmm. is is revealing something about yourself 
uh, also sort of plays into this idea of, of reciprocity. I mean, if you want to have the customer reveal something about themselves, you sort of have to take the lead. Yes, you do. And so a frequent tag on Twitter, I'm glad you mentioned that, is leadership. If you want to be an effective salesperson, you have to be a leader, too. You have to direct the conversation. And you do it slowly and gently. So as part of this personal brand, then, is deciding who you want to be. And then it's, it's building your story. And so what's, what's the key to building the story about yourself? I, to add the human element is essential. Uh, talk about your original vision and then struggles you may have encountered because every, most everybody has struggles initially till they find the better path, how you overcame them, and then where you are today and what your long-term vision is. And people really seem to buy into that, that structure. Okay. So how does that reflect in your online presence, in your social media presence, let's say? Well, say I, I have faced difficulties. I've received so many negative comments. You would not, but some of them are just outright laughable. I was told I'd kill my business because social media will never take off. And look where we are today. So I, I write blogs, expanded articles, tweets. I do videos. And that's part of my power branding program. My personal brand, it's all these lessons learned. I, I communicate about them in all these different platforms, and that's how it's transformed my personal brand into branding. Well, how do you recommend, though, for, let's say, an entrepreneur or, as you said before, even a sales professional in a large enterprise to, and I, this is a question I, I hear a lot from from people that listen to the show and that I, I meet and speak with, that that... Yeah, you know, how do I blend the, the personal and the business in my yeah you know, my social media? So yeah, you know, how much do I should I be sharing about my personal life? You know, as opposed to really keeping it business focused. Okay, um, that's an excellent question. I don't share very much personal online, but I take my personal beliefs as it relates to business and put that online. So such as. A tweet would be, trust is the soul of sales. Or I was thinking of another tweet uh, where you could say, it's just different ways of communicating your beliefs toward business. Or I see an incident about how someone doesn't treat a customer right. Mm -hmm. And I might write about it or develop it into a tweet or a different type of posting. And it just becomes the basis. So my observations, my personal observations become content for online without mentioning names. Okay. So, you know, part of, of developing this brand is, is developing a voice. So how exactly. Another way of looking at this, uh, that marketing person who taught me how to use social media, she gave a quote, we're all teachers and we're all students. And from that, I took the message, learn, teach, learn some more. 
you should always be learning and then reach out with a helping hand to help those coming up behind you. And when you adapt that philosophy, you automatically put yourself in a leadership position. Okay. So in addition then to, to you know, the social media foundation, your personal branding, your story, so then what's, what are the other elements then that you have to finish off with to sort of complete the circle? Well, again, it's uh, once you learn the social media strategy, and this is an important one, 75% of the time put out helpful information that your audience needs, wants, and desires. That's the sales philosophy behind it. But be helpful 75% of the time. 25% of the time put out, and I'm talking specifically about Twitter now, put out a short tip with a short link where people can find you or learn more. And that on Twitter pretty much does the trick. And in every other platform that you use, make certain the content is useful and helpful and that it's really what your clientele needs. And then intermix it as I had uh, previously mentioned. So for example, in a blog or article, I will include a video in the middle. And one feeds into the other. The other, so with social media, when you're being helpful, it attracts the interest and that's exactly what you want. The other part of it is everything should be from the perspective of the audience you want to help. And you have to move forward with high integrity so that other people will trust you and they will connect with you and refer you to people. You want to spread the good word of mouth. That That's essential. Right. So basically what you're talking about is, is you, know, you have your own content marketing strategy that you're implementing here. You're sharing content. So for entrepreneurs, you know, Content development, that's always problematic. It's sometimes hard, depending, you know, what if they're maybe not if they're an author, but if, you know, small business owner, entrepreneur. So what do you recommend in terms of the mix of original? Because you're talking about giving away your best stuff you make reference to in your book, is is so if if you don't, you know, create content easily and so on, is is you know, what is that mix of sort of original versus shared or curated content that you should should use? Okay, that's another very important principle, and thank you for bringing that up. Reciprocity is key online. And when you see a tweet or a posting, an article, share it, like it, talk about it, include it in your your pieces online. And I actually, what happened, I'm extremely active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And happened was there's certain people whose tweets I always like and they always like mine. So it's almost like an unspoken reciprocity agreement where we just keep reposting each other's information. And then being in the online sales group where we all came to agreement to share each other's information, it's that's really power branding because you reach my audience, I reach your audience. And when people have thousands of followers, it's significant. So you have to connect with like-minded people and have these understandings to share. And by my consistent activity, 
and doing everything that I speak about, Cred announced, to my amazement, I'm a top 1% influencer. I had no idea. I was just enjoying using the system and seeing who I could meet globally. So who's Cred? Cred.com, it's an algorithm and they, they figure out who were the most active online and uh, sought after. And they can't, came up with this number that I happen to be extremely active with uh, many followers. For example, on Twitter, I have well over 47,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And so they say I'm in the top 1%. I had no idea. But with everybody sharing my information, I'm not saying this to brag, but to give you an idea of what the power branding does to attract a greater, greater audience, there's another outlet that rates top sales gurus. I never use that term, but that's theirs. And a couple months running out of 172 sales gurus, um, I was rated number three. It's because of the activity online. And then when people are reposting this article and listing, many more people see my name at the top. So the more your name is multiplied in a good way, the more opportunities are come. And it's been incredible this past year, what's happened. So, and most of that's just in the past year. Uh, Well, it builds up momentum. It started from the beginning. Nice opportunities have come, you know, with interviews Mm -hmm. and uh, putting articles in highly credible magazines, for example, uh, such as entrepreneur.com and allbusiness.com. But it starts multiplying and becomes more rapid and more frequent. So you had an interesting thing in your book. You talked about uh, positive mindset, which is you know, essential to, to building your business. And I want you to share your idea for creating this negative folder, if you will, and how you turn a negative into a positive. Oh, yes. I I spoke about uh, negative comments coming my way. It was with my first book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, before it was formally published. I was told if my book were any good, a publisher would have picked it up. And I mentally (laughs) said to that person, you can eat my dust. And uh, the first publisher I approached actually picked it up and it became an international bestseller. So I really should thank the man. But what I do, especially the hurtful comments. Which, if you're online, they're going to inevitably come your way. Okay, I was thinking these were more in person. Oh, I was thinking okay. about the personal ones, the people that I really know who say really nasty things. Goodness knows why. I give it a lot of thought and how I can turn it into a positive, And then I go for it. And so, um, so give an example. The, so say somebody says something negative and you just turn around into positive. For instance, somebody told me I should give up writing. My writing stinks. She apparently <laughs> is accustomed to somebody who writes you like Jane Eyre did. I, you know, I know her well. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's your opinion. That's not everybody else's opinion. And I continued to write and continued to have great success. I do the, when I'm not in agreement, I do the opposite. 
I list all the negative comments. I mentally change it around into a positive thought. And the ones that make me the angriest, I take action on to follow that positive thought. And then I track the results of what happens. And then I celebrate the success of going from that awful comment to the success I've had. Well, and I think that back to my original point is, is if you know, people are following your strategy and, and becoming much more engaged online, they are going to get the negative feedback, whether it's in person or in the case I'm talking about here online, is, yeah, it's a great, great uh, approach you have on that is just, yeah, how do you take those and turn those into positives? Uh, give yourself some additional motivation to to show people and, and to be, you know, stick to your path. You know, don't, exactly. don't, don't, don't let the uh, don't let the haters sway you. Exactly. And in fact, um, I've gotten a couple negative comments about tweets that I've put out, but I think it was misinterpretation of what I was saying. So in 140 characters or less, I said, thank you for your feedback. I'm always very polite about it because arguing never helps. It, it makes it worse. So I say, thank you. This is what I was attempting to say. And uh, let me know if you have any question about that. And never got a response back. And that was on a few occasions. Okay. Excellent. Eleanor, we're moving into the last segment of the show where I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. And the, the first one is a hypothetical scenario. And since, actually, since you've been on the show before, you're getting the next revolution, next revision of questions that, uh, that I ask my guests. So, uh, and this is a hypothetical scenario that you're a sales leader at a company that sells uh, B2B product to enterprises. And we're coming up on a new fiscal year and your CEO gives you a goal that's uh, pretty, pretty ambitious, like a 12% increase in sales. But he's not going to give you any additional headcount or resources to make it happen. So in that situation, what would the first 30 days of the new sales year look like for you in terms of the actions you'd take? Okay, so are you talking about January, for example, what you would do sure. in January yep. or prior? Yep. No, January. January? Well, first of all, the last quarter, you want to finalize your business, but I always, around holiday time, that's when I always start planning for the new year to get a running start. And that's another way to distinguish yourself from everybody else because they're enjoying the holidays and going away and forgetting about business. I agree you should enjoy the holidays and your family, but every chance you get, keep setting those goals, the milestones you need to achieve. And when January hits, you just jump on that running task list and goal list and go to it. And if you need your own team in place, you gather your team in place toward the end of the year and say, are you willing to jump on this in January? And then you're ready to go for action. Okay. So, but the fundamental question was if you had a really aggressive goal given to you by your CEO, but you weren't given any additional resources to really make it happen. What are, what are the key strategies you would use to try to achieve that goal? May, may we come back to that one? <laughs> sure. Oh, sorry, you really caught me. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Not trying to surprise you. All right, so let me, get, let me give you some additional questions. Then. So, uh, and these are just rapid-fire questions you can you know, give one-word answers or, or elaborate. So, first one is, in your mind, is it easier to teach a 
technical non-salesperson how to sell or to teach a salesperson how to sell a technical product? <laughs> That's funny because I'm non-technical. <laughs> so um, I think the question more would be who's open-minded to learn? Who, who's motivated to learn? I don't know that one is true over the other. Okay. That's a good answer. So, uh, what's one, so next question is, what's one non-business book, non-business, non-sales book that every salesperson should read? Well, it's a classic, and I only recently read it, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was outstanding advice in, the, in it. Okay. You don't think that's a business book, though? Oh, a business, well... I don't, to me, it was more about mindset. Okay. Okay. So next question is, if there's one thing you could change about your business self, what would it be? About my business self? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Probably to uh, start hiring people. <laughs> <laughs> Delegation, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, hey, that's the entrepreneurial lesson, right? All right, so last question. So what's your favorite quotation? What words of wisdom do you have that you live by that from some quote? Or saying, expression? Well, uh, would it be terrible if I gave my own quote? No, go ahead. Okay, it has to do with overcoming a broken neck from which I was not supposed to survive. And it applies to business. Believe, become, empower. Belief, become, empower. And is this something you, you think of frequently? All the time, and it's how I designed my business. It had to do with two visions that I saw while I was on a stretcher, and my family was told I wouldn't survive. But the two visions led me to believe that I was to become a speaker, to train people, and to help communities any way I could. And I, I want to also add that I'm now VP Business Development for a humanitarian organization. And it's just an arm of the services I provide via Smooth Sale. And what's that organization? Powerful Women International Connections. And the website is pwiconnections.com. And what do they do? To be a member, you need to be working on some type of humanitarian project. So, for example, uh, one person lost a child and her home in a terrible fire, and she has burns all over her. And after she got over her devastation... She realized her calling was to help other burn survivors get back to some level of normalcy. Another person overseas is helping women in Pakistan to become entrepreneurs via honeybee farming. Mm -hmm. Someone else has the uh, idea that the prison system is failing our entire society because people get out and then they return. So what she would like to do is set up an educational process where they too may become entrepreneurs. I'm not sure the entire scenario yet, 
but there are a number of possibilities and she's in works of getting this off the ground. And the list goes on. It, it, each person you talk to is so highly inspiring. It's just my pleasure to help them grow business development, seek sponsors and media exposure. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for being on the show today. So tell people how they can find out a more about you and more about this organization you just described. Thank you. Well, the organization is pwiconnections.com, and the CEO is Valerie Bocage. And my business is Smooth Sale, S-A-L-E. The website is smoothsale.net, and it's about earning a returning and referring clientele. My information is there, and I provide inspirational keynotes at conferences based upon the belief, become, empower. And my phone number is 408-209-0550 on East Coast time. It's a California number. Uh, you had to keep the, have to keep the California feeling through your cell phone. I, I know that feeling. I did, but I do love the East Coast. And the number again, it's a sales tip. Repeat a number twice, 408 408- Two zero nine zero five five zero, and you can email any question Eleanor E L I N O R at smoothsale.net. Always happy to answer. All right, Eleanor, thank you very much, and friends, thank you for taking your time to listen to the show today. And remember, make it a part of your daily routine every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to take a minute and subscribe to this podcast, Accelerate. That way, you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Eleanor Stutz, who shared her expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me, and until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. 